0: Hi, I'm Adrian from the podcast I'm Also, where I talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, and interests. This episode is being recorded in Taichung, Taiwan, and my guest is Douglas Harbaker. Douglas is the co-founder, publisher, editor-in-chief of the Compass Magazine Group, a cross-cultural trainer at Cultural Awareness International, and chairman of the Taichung American Chamber of Commerce. Ni hao, Douglas. That's that's pretty much my Chinese done. Well, <laughs> good. <laughs> and Shih but I'll save that one for later. Right. So uh, you're
1: actually born in. You're actually born in Taiwan, weren't you? Even though. Yeah, I was born on the uh, east coast. The, I will say the, the most beautiful part of Taiwan in Hualien, where Taroko Gorge is. For people who know where that is. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah but now obviously Taichung.
1: Yeah, I've yeah. lived in Taichung since uh, my early teenage years. My parents used to work here, so that's when we moved to Taichung. Yeah. And for, for the uh, overseas audience,
0: how would you describe Taichung as a place? Just, uh, I
1: would say, you know, I mean, this sounds like an advertisement, maybe it is. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it is widely considered the lifestyle capital of Taiwan, meaning that I think it's it's, you know, it's a big city, but also it's a big city with a small town feeling to it. You know, it's amazing how often you run into people, you know, and it has a more relaxed, friendly feeling. And then, of course. Has a well-known reputation among Taiwanese, let alone foreigners, um, for just having a nice quality of life. So yeah, I think it's a it's probably one of the best cities to live in in Taiwan. Yeah, I always find Taipei a little bit stressful. Yeah, I, I I agree straight away. I was here
0: a few days ago. And as soon as I got there, I was like,
1: I want to get back. Yeah, and the and and all the Taiwanese will tell you, and I agree with this, is the the weather, uh, climate in Taichung tends to be the overall the best climate in Taiwan. It doesn't get. I mean, it's hot, but, but it doesn't get super hot like Taipei and Kaohsiung do, and uh, and it's not so rainy like it, it rains a lot up in Taipei. So, yeah. um, although we could use a little bit more rain right now, because we're in the middle of a water crisis, a very very serious water crisis. So very unusual, the worst I've seen in my whole time in Taiwan. So, but the the skies are blue, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, is it photo of Sun Moon Lake and there's, there's no water? It's, at... Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah.
0: And would you say, um, how would you describe the sort of changes in Taichung over the last, say, 20 to 30 years?
1: Um, I think really, I mean, Taichung has gone from being a, uh, I mean, like I said, it just always felt a little bit like a small town, but it was actually quite a small, quiet place back in the uh, 80s and early 90s. And then it kind of exploded in the 90s and, of course, over the last 20, 25 years. So now it's gone from being a kind of a small provincial Taiwanese city to more of a international, more cosmopolitan place. So yeah, I think with all the new industries and you know restaurants and businesses and uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really grown hugely. In fact, my friends have come back after being gone for even five, 10 years, often say they don't recognize a lot of things here. So yeah, a lot of big changes. And it continues to be the, I believe, one of the fastest growing cities in Taiwan. Um, despite Taiwan's overall shrinking population, uh, just last week, they said that Taichung has actually grown. Um, and it, I think the showing just over in about, what was it, about three or four years ago, it finally leapfrogged over Kaohsiung to become the second largest city in Taiwan. So obviously, I think there's something dynamic going on here.
0: Yeah. And you, you do, a, I've, obviously, I've been through your LinkedIn profile. And you've got a lot going on. Mm-hmm.
1: What's your main, what's taking up most of your time at the moment? Um Pretty much, Compass Magazine. You know, I, I'm the co-publisher at slash managing editor, editor in chief. Um, so that takes up a lot of time. But then also my current position as the chairman of the American Chamber of Commerce in Taichung um, can take up a bit of time too. So I would say those two things are probably the biggest, um, biggest ones. And then you mentioned I do cross-cultural training. That that kind of comes and goes in waves. So sometimes there's Barely any and sometimes I'm super busy. So that just kind of depends. Yeah. Who are you mainly cr- culturally cross-training? Um, it's mostly, well, you know, global international, you know, big global companies yeah. that are moving people in and out of Taiwan. Here in Taichung, actually, the, the big one, and, and it's been, it's literally the biggest foreign investor in Taiwan, is Micron. Um, uh, many people know them because they they're the world's third largest maker of memory. So you know DRAM chips and things like that, uh, and they have their a huge presence here in Taichung. So I work a lot with their people.
0: And what are a couple of cultural? Uh, so you come into Taiwan. What's that maybe say three things to be culturally
1: aware of? Well, I mean we we always talk about cultural uh, dimensions or ways of commun- You know, measuring and comparing cultures. So the ones that I think pop out a lot when you compare, say, Taiwan to the West in particular would be. The big one is communication style, of course. Uh, Taiwanese, like most East Asians, being much more indirect in their communication, more subtle, uh, whereas Westerners tend to be very direct. Uh, that can cause some frustration and misunderstanding here. Um, the other one I really emphasize to Westerners moving to Taiwan is um, Taiwan's a very interpersonal culture, which means that if you're working here, developing relationships with your colleagues is, is a, should be a priority. Um, whereas, you know, Westerners tend to be very transactional. They come to work, they do the job, they go home. They don't have to develop relationships with people, but that's another one that's very important. And then I think, uh, I always tell people to be aware that face, you know, issues of face are, are still important in East Asian countries like Taiwan. So you have to be careful about making people lose face or, or at least trying to help people maintain their face as they're working here. And there's many other things, but those are three that kind of jump out to me.
0: I find people here have a good sense of humor. As, yeah. It's a positive.
1: Taiwanese are, are extremely, you know, flexible. They're very kind. Uh, they're very hard to offend. Um, so I think they're, you know, that's why I think it's almost a rule that Westerners or foreigners in general come here and feel very, very welcome um, and, and uh, are all struck by the warm-heartedness of the Taiwanese. Mm, sometimes it's just embarrassingly welcome. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. And that's a... That's pretty much the way of putting it embarrassingly welcome, yeah. So like, this wouldn't be happening back home, going yeah, the other yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's funny, I, I mean, almost as a rule here, people that come here and uh, if they're out and about and they need help, um, someone will come to their rescue.
0: Yeah, because like, English is a high priority skill to
1: learn. Yeah, and he, I found that even if Taiwanese who do not speak much English, they will try their hardest to help somebody, um, you know, even across language barriers. So yeah, it's, it's a wonderful place.
0: I always got told I um, was very handsome. I was like, "Oh yeah, it's great." And then
1: they said, "You've got such a big nose." (laughs) 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 So yeah, that's uh, different from most Taiwanese. Yeah,
0: Um, and I was actually gonna—I was gonna mention about um, say Taiwan of COVID and how that's changed.
1: Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. then I I, saw—I read you—you'd actually had it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was—you know—Taiwan keeps track of their case numbers, and I was case number fifty five zero here in Taiwan. So I was the 50th person to be diagnosed with, uh, with COVID-19 in Taiwan. Did, how did you um, pick it up? Well, it's, it, it's, some people might say I was quite unlucky because as I think everyone knows, Taiwan has had a very, I don't think, I think Taiwan only just recently broke a thousand cases over the last you know, year plus. Um, it just so happened that I had a group of four friends visiting from Seattle, um, back in uh, late February of 2020 and uh, they they decided they want to come down and visit me um, and I gave them a one-day tour of Taijung in my car um, and it turns out that one of them uh, had picked up COVID from his mother back in the United States and he didn't know it at the time of course but um, about, a, about a week later I started feeling sick and I found out that he got sick and so yeah that's how, how I got it so courtesy of my uh, American friends. (laughs) And how long did it take to recover from? Well, you know, Taiwan's very strict about, you know, how, what, you know, when you're, what dictates being officially recovered. And I spent, I had to, by by requirement, I had to spend 19 days in the hospital until I had tested negative three times in a row. And uh, so once I'd done that and they approved my, you know, release from the hospital, it'd been 19 days. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I it was probably faster than 19 days but by the time they'd done all the testing and you know the paperwork had come through that's how long it took me to be officially declared clear of COVID-19. I should probably plug the extra Taiwanese health system because it's It's one of the reasons uh, seriously it's one of the reasons I think that Taiwan regularly gets ranked as one of the highest expatriate satisfaction countries in fact it was number one in 2016 and 2019 in the world According to a global survey, for expatriate satisfaction. And one of the key factors is the healthcare system uh, is really outstanding and it's very, very reasonably priced. Everybody gets national health insurance, including foreigners with residency. And uh, Americans in particular <laughs> can really appreciate how, how wonderful that is. It must be a real shock to the Americans. Oh, it's a. Most of my American friends, when I tell them, uh, you know what healthcare costs here. They 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 simply don't believe me. So yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. I was saying it's
0: funny they're trying to get into the World Health Organization. But, right. Um, it's like yeah, why are you perfect now. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah. No, it's ironic that Taiwan struggles with that um, because of given its achievements in healthcare and of course with COVID
0: nineteen. Um, and in with the, your chamber of commerce role, what are, who what is sort of connections. I mean, like Taiwan's quite isolated. Isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, do you say? Do you have a lot of connections with other regions?
1: Not really. We're we're kind of a we're more of a local Taichung international business organization. Mm-hmm. So although it's you know named the it is the American Chamber of Commerce in Taichung, uh, we're we're very inclusive and we welcome all nationalities, including many Taiwanese. So we're we're, we're more about. Um, Helping international business people in or people who are involved or interested in international business uh, network with each other in Taichung. So, we hold events every month, you know, that are pure networking events, or we hold some, you know, uh, we, we host regular speeches by different industries and uh, people from the diplomatic corps and, and so on. Uh, mainly, you know, spread information, help people connect with each other, maybe make some good business contacts. Uh, and then we also have a, a charity. Um, arm of our organization that helps raise money to, um, um, in particular, we support um, special needs children in central Taiwan. So it's a way of, I think, helping the community, especially the international community, give back to the um, the Taichung, local Taichung community. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we do.
0: It, Biden hasn't given you a call yet.
1: No, not yet. We're still waiting on that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, occasionally we interact with you know, people coming in from outside the country, or, or you know, like we have the uh, American diplomatic presence in Taiwan, um, we we interact with them at times, or, or other countries for that matter, but uh, but we're primarily a local Taiyo organization. Yeah. Uh,
0: so you got a lot going on. How do you you got
1: any tips on balancing time? <laughs> um, well, I mean, I've learned the hard way, obviously, um, not to overcommit. Maybe maybe I'm not a good example of that. Maybe I maybe I'm already guilty of that but I I think you just have to learn at some point to say no to certain responsibilities or, or requests because I think Taiwan's one of those places that if you're a foreigner, particularly, um, in Taiwan and you, you have, you're available, um, you'll just find more and more people and you know, start asking you to help with this and do that and join this and be a part of that. And, and at some point you have to just set your priorities. Um, so I think I think it's just uh doing that first of all, but then I think the other thing is simply uh you know being a good manager of your time. Um you know, and that sounds basic, but it's I I've, I've been guilty of being a poor poor manager of my own time, and so I've just had to learn to balance things and set priorities better. So once you do that, it usually is okay. What's a normal Taiwan work day for hours? Well, I mean for the average Taiwanese, it's you know Each nine to five, or you know, eight to four, whatever it might be. But for myself, it's a very irregular sort of um, hours. I mean, I don't, I don't have regular office hours, and I think it's because of the nature of my job. You know, I run Compass, so I don't have. I'm not an employee. I'm in and out of the office, you know, doing sales calls and doing interviews and you know whatnot. And then with AmCham, it's the same thing. It, it's very, you know, you're kind of running around and taking care of stuff. So, and, and that suits me. I, I'm, I'm the kind of person that likes a flexible schedule. Um, so, yeah, I, I, my, my hours are very, they're, I mean, my, they're very all over the place. You know, I might be up late at night doing an interview outside somewhere and, um, you know, or, or not. So, it, it's, it's, you know, it's all over the place.
0: And has Comfort been through a lot of changes sort of technology?
1: Yeah, I mean, we still, I, I say we're, you know, our basic mission is still the same. You know, we're, we're a city guide. Um, the delivery system has obviously evolved. You know, we've gone from, a, from our earliest years as a newsletter um, to becoming a magazine in, in English and Chinese. Um, and then we've, you know, um, upgraded the magazine and changed the format over the years a bit. Um, but then, of course, you know, we've added other channels to go with it, you know, like whether it's. You know, we've had a website and social media and other things like that. Um, so, yeah, but we still, are, our basic mission is still the same, you know, just where to go and what to do. Um, as as my Taiwanese friends say, it's wanle, which basically means, you know, eating, having fun, and, and uh, I mean, eating, drinking, and having fun, basically. Yeah.
0: yeah. And is your, um, like the readers, is it, is it a mix of foreigners... And locals, or is it? Yeah,
1: I mean, in fact, the biggest challenge I have sometimes is a misperception among Taiwanese that we're a a magazine only for foreigners. Um, We've actually done surveys before and we found that over 90% of our readers are Taiwanese. Mm. Uh, And we're we're happy with that because obviously that's the biggest market here um, and and we want the Taiwanese to read it. And we all, you know, so uh, while I think probably a good majority of foreigners who live or stay in Taichung or have seen compass or used it before um, our our primary market in terms of readers is still taiwanese yeah. um so yeah i'm, I'm happy about that
0: yeah. do you have any tips for you know businesses coming into taiwan um what sort of a couple of things maybe they should be
1: aware of is there any sort of apart from the cultural things is it pretty easy to set up in taiwan i think it's very i mean taiwan is a very entrepreneurial culture And I think the government, uh, because of that, the government has made it relatively easy, even for foreigners, to set up a company here. Um, You know, there's a minimum capital requirement, but I think it's quite low. Um, And uh, so, yeah, the actual setting up of a business here is not that difficult. Although I do think that um, there's always more that can be done by the government to make it easier um, in terms of, you know, obviously there's language challenges. So to give you an example here in Taichung, um, you know, with our encouragement, of course, the government is working on... Or, or has actually kind of created what we call a one-stop window for foreigners to uh, go in and get all their questions resolved. I, I've met people that still have a bit of a problem, you know, with language barriers or not quite sure where to go and who to talk to. But overall, I, I've most foreigners I've met and talked to here have said it's quite easy. Um, there, there are certain elements that perhaps aren't quite up to the same level as you might find in Western countries, like sometimes people, um, Complain about the banking system not being quite as um, uh, uh, open as as you might find in some countries, but I think even that's starting to change a bit. So yeah, I think I think if you're interested in doing business in Taiwan, um, it's not that difficult to to set up something here. Yeah, whether it's a success or not is a different story. Mm-hmm. But but with you know with some homework and market research, I think you can find some good things to do here. And and I want to add too that. Taiwan right now, as we speak, is really in the process of encouraging more foreigners to come here. Um, I think Taiwan, rightfully so, sees this as a um, part of their internationalization and a necessary part of um, um, making Taiwan more global. And, and you know, there's a side benefit to that, too, is Taiwan um, is uh, has currently the lowest birth rate in the world. So um, they are trying to encourage more immigration here. They want people to actually move here and stay here yeah they got that special visa for people with a high. yeah well and they just camps. announced uh that they've uh, the cabinet has approved a bill and i it's a bill so it, it i assume it's going to go through but uh to lower the the limit for uh previously you had to stay here for five consecutive years to get permanent residency um but now they say they're going to lower that to three years so if you are here legally, you know, working with a normal visa for th- at least three years, you can apply to pretty much stay here forever, <laughs> which then entitles you to a permanent work permit, which means you can literally work anywhere you want. There's no requirement for a work permit after that. So, yeah, I think um, I, have a, I have a lot of friends that are actually quite excited about that. Uh, they they want to get their permanent residency if they don't have it already and, and just stay here long term.
0: But my only negative is is the air pollution.
1: Yeah, but I think even that is is something that is uh, become a very political issue, which is good because it means that there's a lot of pressure on um, politicians to to fix that problem, and um, and so they are working. I mean, Taiwan I think is moving in a very much a green direction, and now they just have to get rid of some of these legacy problems they have, like you know, coal burning out at the Taichung port. There's a you know, um, burning um, this cold burning power plant that's become a big political burden for the you know government, and I, I think you're going to see that disappear yeah. you know at yeah. some
0: point. Well, I never thought I'd see an electric scooter on the roads.
1: Until yeah, that. and that's growing very rapidly. You know, yes. GoGoRo is a is a Taiwan success story um, that's gotten global attention, and those are all electric scooters. You know, so I would have
0: put money on never that never happening. in
1: until... <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Taiwan has a, has a has a way of surprising people. You know, I mean. I, I recently been telling friends, you know, the whole world kind of knows Taiwan now because of TSMC, you know, Taiwan Semiconductor. It's it's the, you know, the, the, the world's key to semiconductors, especially advanced semiconductors. Um, even the U.S. relies on them now primarily. And so uh, but I do remember back in the 80s when Taiwan announced they were going to go into high technology when they were going to open their first science park and, uh, Industrial park in Xinnzju i i I literally remember laughing at that, scoffing at that, and saying there's no way Taiwan's going to go there you know that's that's not doable, but um yeah, look at Taiwan today it's uh surprise to everybody so did you want to talk about their their relationship with China? Yeah, I think you know obviously that's the other big reality that Taiwan's had to live with for the last seventy years, and you know more recently, I think um it's become more heated. Uh, so to speak, between Taiwan and China, because of um, it's all tied up in the three. I always say it's a three-way three-way relationship between Taiwan, the United States, and China, and they all impact each other. So you know, obviously, as as the relationship between the U.S. and China has become more tense, um, it has also impacted the relationship between China and Taiwan, because uh, Taiwan has always relied on the U.S. as their primary security blanket, so to speak. Um, So, yeah, I think that um, it's kind of uh, one thing that's very interesting is, despite all the pressure that China's been putting on Taiwan, I frequently get asked by foreign friends in the United States and elsewhere whether that is a source of great concern or, or fear for Taiwanese. And to be honest, I would say the answer is no. I mean, people are concerned and they pay attention to it. But it's amazing how how little you see people really being uh, fearful, expressing fear or, or even deep worry about it. It just seems to be something that the Taiwanese have learned to live with. And, um, you know, I mean, we, we all hope for the best. Um, and I, I am, I am confident, I think for various reasons that, uh, there, there, that there will be peace, uh, maintained across the Taiwan Strait. Of course, I think whether there's peace or not largely depends on China and it's hard to say, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah
0: like i always read my taipei times in the morning and it's like china story china story and then yep. the other stuff okay carry on yeah yeah no <laughs> i i mean literally every
1: single day there's something um the cartoon is the china yeah, yeah and i but i think the good thing is that now taiwan versus even a, two years ago i think taiwan is now very much in the global eye um partially because of its very you know it's one of the greatest success stories in the world for COVID 19 um, but also other things, I think what happened in Hong Kong um, has really impacted the way people see Taiwan. Um, so I think, in, in you know, it's it's been helpful for Taiwan and, um, you know, I think also for um, Taiwan just being a technology, you know, for semiconductors in particular, that has also given Taiwan a huge global boost in terms of visibility. So I think for a variety of reasons, Taiwan is now much more, Visible in the global eye that used to be which is good for Taiwan. Yeah. so uh, when you when you're not working. Do you have any? Uh, suits or hobbies? Um, well, or you just, know, I mean, it sounds kind of boring. I enjoy reading, but I mean um, I, I I used to play a lot of uh, Soccer or, or football as my European friends call it um, uh, But I those days are pretty much over so I, I manage amends men's football club here in Taichung that's international. We have uh, players from all over the world. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and then I like biking. You know, Taichung is well known as the, well, maybe I don't know how well known it is globally, but in the industry it's, it, it is literally the bike industry capital of the world. All the major bike companies have some sort of presence or business in Taichung. So uh, kind of dovetailing with that is I really enjoy riding, um, biking, um, like many people do here. So that's one of my hobbies.
0: Is um, your favorite spot to go for a ride?
1: I, you know, I have a route that I do. Maybe I'm a creature of habit, but I, I like to ride out, actually pass, you know, Tanza, and out to uh, Holi and then into Miaoli County. It's just kind of generally heading north. But I enjoy it because it takes me out of the city and into the countryside. And, you know, you really feel like you're in the, in the country. You know, I grew up on the, you know, my younger years are spent on the east coast of Taiwan where it's very rural. Um, very very small town Taiwan and when I get when I bike I I I get out into that again and I really enjoy that there's nothing better than seeing small town countryside Taiwan it's it's just a wonderful part of the the culture here
0: yeah and now I'll move on to my plug a product where you get to
1: promote something you're doing or something you like 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 well I guess you know I guess Compass Magazine I know that many of the listeners probably are not um probably not, not in Taiwan, but, um, if you ever do come to Taiwan or you're interested in Taiwan, you know, I, I always encourage people to check out our, you know, our, our whether it's our website, which is taiwanfun.com or our, our, magazine, of course, Compass Magazine or our social media, you can find us, uh, you know, at Compass at, at Compass, you know, Taiwan. Um, and so that we're a good source of information. If you are, happen to be here or, or just interested in out more about what to do and where to go in Taiwan so yeah we're a puggy football team well I mean we're pretty small I mean if you don't if you're not in Taiwan but yeah we're we're a Taichung Compass uh, uh, men's football club uh, our football club and uh, yeah we've over the years we've uh, earned a fair amount of silver silverware um, so I think we we're, we do quite well um, and it's a, it's a fun fun group of guys to be with I think you know it's one of the, my favorite things is just the friendships we develop, and we literally have guys from all over the world, and 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 a good number of Taiwanese players. And so to see people from so many nationalities come together and, and just become friends over football, I think that's a great thing. So, and of course, you know, if if anyone's interested in international business in 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 Taichung, of course they can always reach out to um, Taichung AmCham or the Taichung American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we we sometimes get questions from people who are interested in doing business in specifically in central Taiwan. Yeah, because you've got a website for that, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, also uh, Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. Okay, it's pretty good. Anything else you want to? No, I just think that um, I always encourage people: if you haven't been to Taiwan, visit. It's a, it's a. I think you'll be, you'll be charmed. I'm mean, I'm not saying that. I I think that most people, as as you and I both know are amazed at how kind and friendly and warm hearted the taiwanese are so um i think taiwan is also rapidly growing on the global map as a tourist destination not just for business or things like that um it's got everything it's got you know beautiful mountains ocean scenery culture you know shopping food one of the things that taiwanese love uh, foreigners love the most about taiwan is the, the amazing food so uh yeah if you're looking for once once we get over this whole covid 19 thing And you're looking for uh, looking to get on a plane and go somewhere? You might want to consider Taiwan. That's a good spot to finish. Sure. Thank you, Douglas, for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Shishir. Shishir. Be (laughs) kuchhi.